Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. All genuine believers must realize that Christ died for them as their substitute in order to redeem them from God's eternal judgment. But his death means much more than just our redemption, because the death that he died was all-inclusive, and dealt with every possible negative item in the universe, while at the same time releasing all of the riches of God for us to experience and enjoy. Bob Danker is here today as we touch the all-inclusive death of Christ. And Bob, a topic that uh, probably not a lot of Christians spend much time on. Yes, but we certainly need to spend time on it, and we need to be very familiar with uh, all that Christ accomplished in his death, and we need to experience it and enjoy it. Bob, the Christian life is a life that is fully dependent on the life of Christ. In fact, we like to say that his life is the Christian life. But the Christian life is also based very much on his death, as we'll see today. The death of Christ is critical. And as believers, we really need to understand as much as we can all that's included in this death, don't we? As you said, Chris, it's critical for our Christian experience. We need to realize that the one who died on the cross was not a simple person. He was an all-inclusive person. And so he died an all-inclusive death that accomplished so many things for us. It removed, as you said, all the negative things in the universe, and it released God's divine life so that that life could be imparted into us. This is crucial for us to apprehend the significance of Christ's death and then to enter into the experience and enjoyment of this death and all it accomplished for us. Well, I think one thing will become very clear today. The death of Christ is really the gate through which we pass into the life of Christ. And without that death, there'd be no access for us. We have a message today, Bob, where uh, a lot of verses have been compiled from throughout the Scripture. And as they're put together, we're going to see seven different items that Christ died as. This first segment today will bring us to the first four of these. Of course, one that everyone is aware of, as the Lamb of God. He was the real Lamb of God. But he also died as a man in the flesh. And he also died as a man in the old creation. And fourth, and I think this is a surprise to many. He died as a serpent. And if we look in John chapter 3, verse 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes into him may have eternal life. Uh, as I said, I think this is a surprise to a lot of people, Bob. I agree, Chris. Let's join Witness Lee. According to the record of the entire New Testament, when he was dying on the cross, he was dying as seven items. Number one, as the Lamb of God. 
sin and sins were all together dealt with by the Lamb of God on the cross under God's judgment. Number two, he died there as a man in the flesh because he as the Word, which was God, became flesh. And in the epistles, he died as a man in the flesh. Of course, he only had the form of the fallen man. He didn't have the real nature of sin of the fallen man. The number three, he died there as a man in the old creation. Romans 6, 6 says that all old men has been crucified with him because he died on the cross as a man of the old creation. So our old man has been dealt with there. Fourthly, he died there on the cross as the serpent. This would shock all the believers. You do have John 3.14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the sin of man will be lifted up. This, no doubt, is to deal with the old serpent Satan. We, the fallen race, all have been bitten by the old serpent. So we need our Savior to be the serpent crucified on the cross to deal with the old serpent. It was by this that he bruised the head of the old serpent. And he judged the king, the ruler of this world. This is in John 12, 31. And it is by the death on the cross that he destroyed the devil, the power of death. So, as a serpent dying on the cross under God's judgment, he dealt with the old serpent, Satan, the devil, and also his world, the satanic system, the satanic world. Bob, we touched four items here. The Lamb of God, a man in the flesh, a man in the old creation, and finally, this matter of the serpent. I think uh, we've spent quite a bit of time on the Lamb of God earlier in the life study of Luke. We've touched these other things. I would like to spend our uh, time, if we could, focusing on this matter of the serpent. A lot is included here, isn't it? It certainly is, Chris. This matter of the serpent, of course, in the uh, Bible, the serpent signifies the devil, Satan. Right. And the Lord dying in the form of the serpent, refers back, of course, to Numbers chapter 21. There, the children of Israel were murmuring against God, and God sent among them fiery serpents to bite them, and then many people began to die. So they cried out to Moses, and God told Moses to make a bronze serpent and lift it up on a pole, and everyone who looked at that serpent lived. This is the Old Testament picture of Christ being lifted up on the cross in the form of a serpent, not having the poison or the nature of a serpent. So there in the Old Testament, the serpent had bitten the people, and they were poisoned by him. This is a picture of how Satan, as the old serpent, has bitten the human race and has injected his poisonous, sinful nature into man. And this sinful nature is 
the factor that causes man to die and not to live. So everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus, the one who was lifted up, instead of dying, he lives. He receives eternal life. This is the life of God. So this is a marvelous picture. And it's important to realize that just as the bronze serpent in the Old Testament did not have the poison of a real serpent, so the Lord, who died as the fulfillment of that type in Numbers, did not have a sinful nature. He did not have a serpentine nature. He died only in the likeness or the form of the serpent. But his death was effective to destroy the old serpent, Satan, and to release us from the serpent's poison. And so, as we just heard right at the conclusion of his speaking, uh, not only was the serpent destroyed there, which was the devil, but the one who had the power of death is destroyed, and the satanic world, the satanic system, all was taken away at that point, wasn't it? That's right, Chris. The world as the satanic system hangs on Satan, and the Lord not only destroyed Satan, but also dealt with the world as Satan's system. So far, Bob, in these first four items, we've seen a lot of negative things dealt with. Of course, the Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world and uh, a man in the flesh dealing with the flesh of man and the old creation is gone and now Satan and all that is wrapped up in his endeavors are taken away. But we're going to see in this coming section negative things being dealt with, but also a number of positive things being released. A couple of verses that will help set up this second portion, Bob, are found in Luke 23, verses 44 and 45. And it was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, the sun's light failing, and the veil of the temple was split down the middle. Let's join Witness Lee once again. Then fifthly, he died on the cross as the firstborn of all creation. He was the first atom of God's creation, as revealed in Colossians 1.15. So he died on the cross as one of the old creation. So now all the old creation was dealt with. It. And then, sixthly, he died there as a peacemaker. He was peace, dying on the cross to abolish all the ordinances to take away the partitions between the Jews and the Gentiles. All the ordinances have been what? Abolished by him on the cross. Okay, lastly, he was dying there as a grain of wheat to release the divine life. Seven items. Hallelujah! Such an all-inclusive person. The person is all-inclusive. Surely his death is all-inclusive. So when he died on the cross, our sins and sin all were dealt with. Our flesh was dealt with. Our old man was dealt with. Satan and his world were all dealt with. And all creation, all dealt with. At the same time, all the ordinances, all the differences, all were dealt with. And even the divine riches were released from him. 
In other words, he's all into this, took away all the negative things in the universe and released all the positive things in the universe. Amen. He died an all-inclusive death, which is once fall, which is eternal. Hallelujah! Amen. We all have to shout. Amen. Sin is over. Amen. Sins are over. Amen. Flesh is over. Amen. The old man is over. Amen. The uh, enemy of Satan is over. Amen. And his satanic world is over. Amen. And all the creation, old creation is over. Amen. And all the ordinances is over. Amen. Everything is over. What is left here? <laughs> the divine riches are left here. The divine riches are released to us and imparted into us. So what? So we are the Jubilee people. Bob, I think the hearts of any genuine believers would have to be stirred at this kind of uh, speaking. What an appreciation now we should have of the death of Christ. All these negative things taken away and the riches of God released for man to enter into and enjoy. This really is the jubilee, isn't it? It certainly is, Chris. As I was listening there, I, I wanted to jump and shout <laughs> right. with all the brothers and sisters who were listening to Brother Lee speaking. It is a joyous good news, right? Right. That all the negative things were removed dealt with, terminated by Christ's all-inclusive death. This is the best news that we could ever receive. And not only that, but all the divine riches, the riches of the divine life were released from Christ as the grain of wheat. As he was falling into the ground there, his human shell was broken open through his death, and all the divine riches were released for us to enjoy. This is the jubilee. We are released from all bondage, and we enter into the enjoyment of all the divine riches. What could be better than this? Surely, this is cause for us to jump and shout. (laughs) We all should shout, hallelujah, for the wonderful, all-inclusive death of Christ. Bob, uh, we're going now to touch what happened following his immediate crucifixion there on the cross. Of course, we know he was buried in a tomb and resurrected three days later. But this matter of the burial is uh, the focus of the final segment today. It's, I think, redundant to point out, but I will mention it at least, that in life, the Lord was disparaged, he was despised, he suffered all manner of uh, slander and accusation, uh, a life full of suffering. Even in the leading up to and including his death, there was humiliation and mistreatment by men and religion and politics, and even he suffered the judgment of God there on the cross. The verses we read were, darkness fell upon the whole earth, meaning that God was judging him. But in burial, we find everything changes, and I want to read the account. It's in Luke 23, uh, about five verses here. And behold, there was a man named Joseph who was a member of the council and a good and righteous man. This man had not consented to their council and action. From Arimathea, a city of the Jews who was expecting the kingdom of God, this man came to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in a fine linen cloth and laid him in a tomb hewn in the rock where no one had ever lain. And it was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was coming on. And the women who had come together with him 
out of Galilee, followed after and beheld the tomb and how the body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointment. And on the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. A totally dignified, uplifted, honorable kind of burial, wasn't it, Bob? Yes, a wonderful, honorable burial in a very peaceful situation. Of course, this man Joseph of Arimathea, we know, was a rich man, uh, and some would say a, a dignitary. And so the Lord's body was handled right from the cross in, in this most dignified and uplifted fashion. Let's go back to Witness Lee for what I think is a really uh, fitting conclusion to our message today. After he died, he was buried. Have you noticed? With his burial, everything was fine. Everything was splendid because... The one who buried him was a high rank man, right? And he had a new tomb, a tomb of splendor, never used. And he was buried with spices, with ointment, marvelous. So after he died, he became one of honor. He was despised on the cross, but he was honored in the tomb. He was despised in his crucifixion, but he was honored, dignified in his burial. You tell me, what were buried there? The all-inclusive one was buried there. Were you not buried there? You should answer, firstly, me. Where are we now? In that tomb. We're buried there. We were crucified in a despising way, but we were buried in an honoring way. Hallelujah. We're buried there. Finished. Not only terminated, but just fully ended. Terminated in a despising way, but buried in an honoring way. Amen. If you are buried, you are in honor. Why? It was honored in tone because all the troubles were gone. Sin and sins, flesh, old man, Satan, the old creation, ordinances will be all gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell your sins, you have to consider you are buried. In a burial, there's no struggling. Every burial is a peaceful condition. No struggling in the burial. Hallelujah. Bob, we, uh, we talked before we got into that section about this stark contrast between how he was treated in life and death compared to how he was treated in his burial. But I appreciate here <laughs> he has included us in that burial. And Romans 6, 4 tells us that we've been buried with him. So we are in that honored and dignified burial place, aren't we? That's tremendous, Chris. We were crucified with him in that suffering, despising death. But we were buried with him in a very honorable and dignified way and in a very peaceful situation. Before the Lord was crucified, he was rejected, despised by the people, and then he was mistreated and delivered up to be put on the cross. This was certainly a great suffering for him. And the reason that he suffered there was because all these negative things were present Sin was there, the world was there, the flesh was still there, Satan was still uh, at large, so to speak, and all the negative things were, were there operating on him to cause him a lot of suffering. But after his death, they were all removed. 
They were taken away by his death. So the situation immediately changed. The situation became very peaceful because all the negative things were removed. And then God came in to honor him through Joseph, the rich man, and through all his lovers who were looking on as he was buried there in a dignified way. What a lovely setting and a wonderful burial in which, as you said, we participated. We were buried with him. And all those things that were terminated in the death of Christ, they also were buried. So in a sense, the whole universe had rest because peace was established by the termination of all the negative things through Christ's death. Bob, if um, there's an application here for us uh, to realize that in the midst of the turmoil that we often find ourselves, the struggles in our human life, uh, maybe our job, maybe our family, there's uh, innumerable ways in which we find ourselves uh, full of turmoil. In this death, in this honored burial place, there is peace still, isn't there? And even that peace can and should extend to us regardless of what our environment has brought us. That is also good news, Chris, that we can enjoy and experience this uh, peace as a result of Christ's death. That means that we need to remain in, abide in the death of Christ. How can we do that? Well, according to the New Testament, Christ's death with its effectiveness is now an element of the all-inclusive life-giving spirit whom Christ became in his resurrection. Now this spirit is in our spirit. So for us to remain in Christ's death is to remain in the spirit, to live and walk in the spirit, to turn ourselves to our spirit by calling on the name of the Lord, to enter into this wonderful spirit who contains the death of Christ and its effectiveness and the burial of Christ with the peaceful situation that comes in. If we remain in Christ's death by remaining in our spirit, then we also enjoy the peace that this death brings in. When we touch the Lord Jesus today, Bob, we touch one who was not just resurrected and ascended, but also who died to all of these negative things. This is where we get this term, all-inclusive. We can apply it to his life. Today we've seen it also applies to his death. Everything we need is in that one touch, isn't it? That's right. All we need to do is touch the all-inclusive spirit who is Christ in resurrection. This spirit, after we believe in the Lord, is in our spirit. So we just touch this spirit and we get everything. Even we don't realize all that we receive and enjoy when we touch the Spirit, but it's all there. Everything the Lord accomplished, everything the Lord is, and all that He terminated is gone, and all that He released becomes our portion for our enjoyment. Well, a fresh and new appreciation, I think, for all of us, Bob, of the death today of the Lord Jesus. And uh, we have more discoveries uh, before us as we continue on in this life study of Luke. I think we're hitting uh, the part of the life study of Luke now where um, Witness Lee's burden really comes open and alive. And we'll go back after we uh, finish up the last of chapter 24 and have a review over some of the high points. And I hope that all of our listeners will be able to catch these final programs. They will be marvelous. They surely will. And thank you for your help again today. Oh, it's a great pleasure. We hope you'll contact us. We would love to hear from you. If you're enjoying this life study or maybe you've just discovered uh, on your local radio station, let us know that you're out there and listening. one life study 888 
543-3788. And visit our website where all of our past radio programs, more than 1,000 of them, are archived there and available for you to listen at your convenience. And you can get there simply by going to www.lifestudy.com. So uh, we hope you'll take advantage of that as well. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.